This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. I'm Danielle Henderson. Sometimes I listen back to our bonus episodes and I can hear how tired we are. Yeah, uh-huh. And this I, I, might, yeah. I might be one of them. I'm a little tired today. You are? Yeah. I am too. But I did it to myself, so it's my own fault. Same. <laughs> but I, I'll get the energy up, but I I know when I sound tired and I'm like, oh, Danielle, come on. Look, but, but that's I'll the, the beauty energy. of a bonus, right? It's like, we don't, we just got to be ourselves. We don't got to be amped for nobody. That's the beauty of the whole damn show. And look, part of what's making me tired, y'all, these emails are getting longer. <laughs> You have like, too much to say. We appreciate the passion immensely, immensely. And you're all fantastic. Um, but if you want your email read on a bonus or on a main feed show, you have got to start keeping it to two paragraphs or less. And I mean, like 15 sentences or less. Because <laughs> we are getting some tomes. Yeah. And there are great questions in there, but we can't read it. Yeah, maybe do a little outlining. Happy to read all the, I mean, and I'm not even being a, like, I truly am happy to read all of your emails, but then I, like, I read them and then half, more than half of them we can't use on the show because there's just a lot of info in there. And there's also so much info that we can't even respond and, like, we want to be able to respond to you and, like, mix it up with you. So I'm not being, like, I'm truly saying that I appreciate all the emails. We appreciate all of the emails. Please keep sending them, but send them with the idea of having them be read by us on a show in mind. And the yeah. voicemails too. We've been getting some two, three minute voicemails. I'm We're specific about how those have to be 60 damn seconds. <laughs> Y'all are freewheeling out there. Listen, I Danielle is not scolding any of you like she did when she did with our merch, basically. <laughs> when she forced you all to buy our merch and you responded in kind, which we very much appreciate. That's not this. We're just be, we're just saying, you know, listen. Odds are a shorter email will get on the episode, right? Absolutely. Abs- a shorter email and a 60-second voicemail will get on the show. Otherwise, just do a podcast and then send us a link to the episode and we'll just listen to it. (laughs) If you want to go more than two minutes on a voicemail, just start your own podcast and then send us the link. We'll listen to it. It could be a one episode podcast, a one episode, five minute (laughs) podcast loaded on Apple. (laughs) Call it the voicemail. (laughs) And we'll listen. We started this podcast when I couldn't condense my thoughts on a voicemail for this other podcast that I listened to. So I just started my own. That's one episode. <laughs> Here one it is. season. Go for it. Oh, I love y'all. Very, You're very passionate people. And I'm never yeah. mad at that. I'm never mad at passion. Um, well. At all. And, and let me tell you, they like you so much that they sent in a audio link that is all about you and your specific passion for an actor. It, re- it really did hit me right in my heart. <laughs> I can't Do wait. Let's, play let's listen. Yeah, let's listen yeah. and then we can answer it. Hi, friends. This is Morgan. I have a game of Fuck, Mary Kill that I think you will both enjoy, but I thought of it 
especially with Danielle in mind. And it is Fuck, Mary Kill, the sexy Steve Buscemi edition. And the contestants are Steve Buscemi as Donnie in The Big Lebowski, Steve Buscemi as Rex in Airheads, and Steve Buscemi as Carl in Fargo. I'll go first with no context because there's no time. Um, I am fucking Donnie. I'm killing Carl and I'm marrying Rex. Okay, love you both. Bye. Amazing question. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, Millie, you can answer this too, right? This is just can. for me. Of course. I mean, I, I know this has never been easier for me. And this is not mm. even going to be a situation where I do a fuck them all, even though I totally could. Because <laughs> I definitely have the hots for, for Steve Buscemi. I am going to fuck Rex from Airheads. Yes. Because you do not marry that guy in the band. Definitely not. We're in our 40s now. We've been there. <laughs> we don't marry the guy in the metal band. <laughs> you have a lot of fun. You fucking run. And maybe you run months later, but it's just a fuck situation. Yeah. And oh, I, I totally feel agree. like I would marry Donnie. Why? He's always bowling. Yeah, of course. Never home. Never home. Never home. A little high strung. Never home. Um, I feel like the arguments would be spicy. But I feel like he would also do the dishes. I don't know why I feel that about Donnie and the Big Lebowski. <laughs> he seems like a guy that would do chores for sure. Yeah. Like he'd help out. He wouldn't be leaving toast sweat on the counter because he knows he just wants to get to the end of the week so he can go bowling. So, mm. And then I would kill Carl because, wow. That mouth, that energy. And he's kind of dumb. He's like yeah. too, he's too frantic. He's he's too frantic to commit the crime he's trying to commit. That's true. That's true. So I can't with that. So that's, again, real easy for me. Yeah. I got to tell you, I think this one's easy for me too, because I think we have the exact same list. Ooh. Yeah. Even though I will say, I think Carl has great style. Yes. And that sort of made me wonder whether or not I should move him from the kill position. <laughs> you would marry him for his coat? Listen, style and that turtleneck style goes a long way for me. Um, sometimes you can be married to someone with great style and not actually love them at all. So, um, that's, no! that was the only thing that I had trouble with. But other than that, <laughs> same list. Everyone now knows how horny we are for the Airheads cast. Yeah. To the point where I think I was on Twitter the other day. I was looking at our Twitter account and people were like tweeting at us pictures of the Airheads being like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I was like, I thought that was a totally like wide opinion. I thought that like everybody wanted to fuck the airheads, <laughs> but everybody was so tickled by the fact that we were like, we would be involved with group sex with all three of them. Let's get serious. People were shocked, but on I, board. I don't know who, I don't know if a lot of people even remember the airheads. Oh, I think that's part of the problem is that like a lot of people don't even remember that damn movie. Yeah, I, I I liked it because it was about radio. And I was like, oh, I love radio movies. It's like pump up the volume at, and whatnot. You look at those photos, especially some of the like, like the Polaroid behind the scenes photos. And if you can look, make someone look hot in a 90s Polaroid, they're hot. Yeah. Buscemi is so hot in air. It's like, it's like kind of, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to say that. Pejoratively, as in, like, he's ugly all the time or something. He's not, as we've Danielle has perfectly expressed on this podcast. But for some reason, he's got this like extra je ne sais quoi in that movie. Don't you, you know think? what it is? Long hair. I know. Long it goes hair. Back to that long hair thing. <laughs> it's, he's unstoppable when his hair is a little bit long, like yeah. living in oblivion. Like, he's just unstoppably cute when his hair is a little bit long. 
Well, and they also let him fully be hot. Like they were like, oh, let's give him a weird tooth or like a fu- <laughs> like a fucking weird look. Like give him a crazy look in his eyes. They just like let him be pure sexual vibrancy in that movie, which I appreciate. One hundred percent. There was no they weren't hedging at all. They're like, yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser, we already know George of the Jungle is going to fucking rip it up. But even Adam Sandler, they're like, let's just shave his head. And not give him an insane comical accent. They gave him a little tan in that. I was like, God, like 10 minutes in a a tanning bed can do wonders for a look. That's for sure. I know the bar is low because I'm out in these streets. The bar is very, (laughs) very low. But a little bit of a tan, a little bit of a, a like let someone express a little sexual energy (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of longer hair. Like, it does not take much at all for you to be on the radar. Yeah. Oh, it's very simple. For men, it's extremely simple. <sighs> well, Morgan, this was amazing. I'm always happy to answer any questions about how hot I find Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, I agreed. I like to hear you talk about how hot he is. I can't help it. It's kind of, na- I, I mean, look, it's to the point where a friend, a long-term friend of mine, someone I've known for over 25 years, lives on the same block as he does in Park Slope, like in Brooklyn. Right. And she's like, look, why don't you just go to his house and knock on the door? Like, we could just go to his house. And I'm like, that is not ever how I plan on meeting the next person I'm going to fuck. Yeah. And she's like, but it it's like, she's basically laying it out. She and her husband are like, this is possible. Just so you know, it's possible to at least cross paths and throw some charm his way. And yeah. I think he's dating someone now, but she's like, girlfriends are a fence, not a wall. <laughs> and I'm like, that is both horrifying <laughs> And inspiring. <laughs> but it requires a level of confidence I do not have. Like, oh, yeah, I could break them up. Like, I don't walk around with that kind of energy. Oh, I, who are you talking to? <laughs> I, I, I have zero confidence in even trying to snag available men. Single <laughs> available men. Let alone one that is... Let alone not, one that's not partnered, partnered in any a way. partnered happy celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to break anyone up. I'm just saying, if they do, he lives down the street from my friend, and she is intent on me making this happen somehow. Yeah, and Love. I will erase this episode from existence if it ever does come to fruition. <laughs> Listen, you've been known to. Uh... Tell a tale that comes back to bite you in the fucking ass later. So here's what that's going to be like. You're going to talk about this now, and then you're going to be married to this fucking dude in like six months. But also, I will say that anytime I talk about my romantic life on this podcast, it immediately goes sour. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. We're talking badly about it now so that it'll be the opposite later. Okay, gotcha. So it'll be, like, embarrassing later when we're together. Yes. Yeah, because as soon as I mention any dude on... Which I'm not going to do anymore because I see the pattern. But (laughs) as soon as I mention a dude, it's, like, within the week, I'm like, oh, this isn't... This isn't going to (laughs) happen. And it's because I just (laughs) talked about it at length for, like, 20 minutes. And then we have to make Casey's life hell because I have to go back and be like, can you edit all of that out? Because this is no longer a thing. But that happened to you even professionally when you talked about somebody and then you got a meeting with them yeah. later. So it happens in all areas of your life. Yeah. Just do do not say a thing on this podcast that that will come back to you in any kind of way. This podcast you know? is a is an active hex. Yeah. And I don't know if it's for better or worse. I'm fine right now, but who knows what's coming for me in a few years based on what I said three years ago during an episode about fucking I love you to death. I don't know. 
I don't know. I might be giving a eulogy at Kevin Klein's funeral in 20 years based on this shit. I don't know. All I'm saying is this podcast is an active hex on my life. <laughs> so that's why we are talking about this, this Buscemi thing in reverse. So yes. hopefully we get some good luck, right? Well, I'm again, always happy to reveal how much I have the hots for that dude. And he's just getting better. He's just getting better. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, well, okay. speaking of dating, our next our next email that was sent in by Erin, who uses she, her pronouns, the subject of which is FMK and our time. Dear Danielle and Millie, I was on my way to work today, listening to today's bonus episode from November 23rd. And when you mentioned that the only dating app you might try is Our Time, my precious pre-work road beer nearly went up my nose. I'm 56 and have been widowed for 11 years. One day on a whim, I decided to see what's out there. And for the love of Bilal, you don't want to fuck with that mess. Those men don't want partners. They want someone who will keep track of their appointments and sand their toenails down with a Dremel so their socks no longer snag. (laughs) That is fucking vivid, Erin. Good Lord. Here are a couple of FMKs that I'm dying to hear your response to so I can see if my predictions are right. Uh, You are both my favorite parasocial relationships and my celebrity crushes rolled into one. Without you, I would never have watched so many amazing movies. I'm already planning this year's Black Christmas watch party. We're all getting lit, double-fisting Mrs. Max toilet punch. I can't wait. Love from Mm. Santa Cruz, California, Aaron. This is fucking hilarious. How are you feeling about our time and these men not looking for partners but caretakers? Um, I'm, I, I, I think I'm going to be single now that I'm thinking about it. I'm good at it. I'm good at it. I, uh, I don't know what to say about that because what about me? What if I need an appointment to be tracked? I keep my toenails short, so I don't have to worry about those <laughs> Dremel situations. Ah, ah. But this what what I think Aaron is laying out is this thing that I'm already doing, mm-hmm. which is taking care of dudes, yeah, in some kind of way. So that's not this doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's boding well for me to hear. No, that. it's like that that uh, that tweet. It was a tweet that I saw on Instagram because I'm not on Twitter. But somebody posted a tweet that was like, uh, my 60-year-old mother went on an app and matched with a 67-year-old man who said, just so you know, I'm not looking for anything serious in case you're wondering if that ever ends. And I'm like, how are you 67 and you're not looking for something serious, first and foremost? So if those are the options, like I'm not, I'm not looking for anything serious or you got to sand down my corn chip toenails. I am so happy being single forever. Yeah. So happy. That is bone chilling. (laughs) Because, (laughs) you know, I think of my own parents being single. This is probably very dark, but I'm just going to go down that road because we're, we are already a, a couple of dark bitches generally I think about that sometimes. I've actually talked about that with my sister, where I'd been like, what would it be like if our parents were single? Because they've been married for like 50 years. Yeah. My mom would, we, (laughs) this is, you know, our, this is what we think would happen. If my mom was single, she would leave the family and never talk to anybody again, which I'm kind (laughs) of like, good for her. (laughs) She's finally free let her fly. She would be gardening internationally. Yeah. You would literally never know where she is. She might check yeah. in like on the grandkids graduation day from high school. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Oh yeah. She's like, "Thank fucking god, I shed loose hundreds of pounds also known as my family." <laughs> um my dad would definitely be the Dremel toenail guy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
even though he was in the military, it's shocking how little life skills he has to take care of himself. Um, so th- that's, but having said that, I do not want to ever imagine a world where my dad is on our time, you know, no. bruising past Aaron or anybody else. Like putting Mm-mm. his putting his qualities out there. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> putting his qualities out there. <laughs> You're like the fucking horror of it all. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Well, it does it does put things in perspective for me, which is that dating is horrible forever. So Yeah. Maybe our time <laughs> is not the bomb I thought it would be. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. It just, it now it just took the wind out of my sails that I will ever be romantically happy. Um, well, also because you put fine. it in the context of your own parents, which can't be helping. <laughs> well, so here's the thing about Aaron's email. These FNKs are evil. Yeah. They're like, real bad. Truly evil on a scale that I don't think I've ever personally been a part of since we started this podcast. I don't even know what to say. Well, let's start with the first one and just see how it shakes out so that everyone can be part of the process of the evilness that Aaron has bestowed upon us. So the first FMK is Medical Professional Edition. (laughs) Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Frederick Chilton, and Dr. Moreau, the Brando version. Go for it. I love the Brando version. This is sick. Note. This is <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'll I'll take a stab. I guess I'm going to fuck Dr. Frederick Chilton. Okay. I don't really know why. I feel like I don't know. He has a passion for some. He feels a little passionate, slightly more passionate than the other two. Still, though, bad. Just like a (laughs) bad night. And only because we're in the rubric of this game would I even consider having one bad night with Dr. Frederick Chilton. But here we go. I'll I'll tell you this much. Frederick Chilton does not go down. Oh, no, a hundred percent. That in is fact, gonna be the probably, most selfish fuck of your life. He's probably just BJ's only, in fact. Oh. Purely. Yeah. He's that kind of or selfish. I can see him going the other way and being like, you know, still not pleasuring you at all, but he's into some of the freakiest, kinkiest shit. And you're like, oh, this is like a part-time fucking job to fuck you. Like, I got to have fucking paddles and equipment and I'm putting in the time and the effort and it's all for you? I'm borrowing that hand cart that they use to drive around Dr. Hannibal. He's got you wheeling him around in a hotel room in a hand cart with a mask on. And you're like, seriously, can I get a finger? Like, anything going on? And he's like, oh, I'm all tied up. I can't do anything for you at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm Hannibal Lecter. I can't. (laughs) Speaking of medical professionals, Dr. Hannibal Lecter should have been a part of this. (laughs) So, so that's the F. I, I guess I'm going to marry Brando and Dr. (laughs) Moreau. And I think the reason why is that Dr. Strangelove is an actual Nazi, so I'd have to kill Dr. Strangelove. Like, but having said that, Dr. Moreau, Brando's Moreau, looks vacation ready. And so maybe that's our marriage, is that we're, like, retired, we're, we're like, in Fiji or Tahiti, and we're just kind of having a chill hang at a resort with our hats and our cat, our white linens. And, you know, I won't be painting my face. He can keep his, his face the way it is. But that look feels like, like we're an old vacationing married couple. And that's about as good as I can do. 
I mean, there are going to be some fucked up animals next to you on that vacation. <laughs> you know that motherfucker doesn't travel alone. Oh yeah, I don't. I know, and that and and, and ugh, the exotic pet thing. I don't know if I'm down for that. But you know what? This is why this FMK is mean as shit. Look at these hard choices we have to make. I know this is so. It's miserable because the Doctor Strange love alone, like you said, it's a Nazi situation. <laughs> well, now you got to tell me what yours is. <sighs> I thought I had it figured out, but. I keep wavering, but I will say this. I'm fucking Dr. Moreau. <laughs> it's going to be weird. I'm going to explore that goddamn island. I'm coming back with a story one way or the other. You're going to have to, you know, like lift up his, I don't know, this moo-moo that he has on, like, there will, there will be scaffolding. There will be scaffolding for the clothing. And I probably will not be able to tell if he's having a good time ever. Like the facial expressions will not betray a good time at all. But it will be a story. Yeah. And I'm throwing him in with the Wolfman and the Grinch and some of the other weird fucks I have yeah. discussed through playing this game on this show. I mean, he has, at one point, I think he has an ice bucket on his head in the movie, and maybe that suggests that the dude knows how to party. So maybe he knows how to party. He might you know? be fun. And that might be you... fun for a night. I don't know. Yeah, for a night, I'm, I can do anything. <laughs> but you're going to be in a threesome because... with, with him and the Grinch one day, and you're going to regret Everything you've ever said. It's me, Dr. Moreau, the Grinch, Rambo. <laughs> Who else did we throw in there? Fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme hopping around on his nuts. Superman throwing him around like a pizza. <laughs> I think what this FMK is revealing is that I should shut up occasionally <laughs> and stop revealing so much about my goddamn self. <laughs> But I will. I will fuck the Brando version of Dr. Moreau for the story. Yeah. I'll do it. Because you have to kill Dr. Strangelove. You have to. Which means you also then have to marry Frederick Chilton. (laughs) (laughs) A long life. This is cruel. It's cruel. It'd be the most miserable fucking existence. But I think he's got some dough. So at least I know that I'll be living in my own house. I think I could talk him into me still living in my own house. Oh, yeah. Because he's very egotistical, so. And hey, maybe he works all the time, which is the thing that you love. Absolutely. So I feel like, all right, if I can live in my own house, and then also when Hannibal Lecter comes for you, he doesn't even know I exist. Or if he does, he's like, that poor woman. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just eat this dude and leave her alone. Yeah. So I think I just I feel like I can manipulate that situation a little bit. Yeah. To my benefit. But this was a fucking mean ass round. And, you know, I love it. I love a weird mean mean round. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And no, guess what? The second FMK that Aaron has presented us, it's not much better. It really isn't. But I feel like it's easier for me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're going first then, because this is the reality TV edition. Your options for FMK are Jax Taylor, Simon Cowell, and The Situation. Mm, mm. Okay. For me... Definitely fucking Jax. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am shocked. I mean, it feels like 
that's kind of always good for in a weird way. But I do, I got to admit, like, throughout the entire run of Vanderpump, I was like, you know what, Jax is that type of guy. If Like, if certain factors were, like, slightly adjusted, I, I could definitely see being in a horrible 20s relationship with him. Like, that's a that's a mistake, obviously. But also, like, a fun mistake. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a fun mistake. I feel like that is 90%, 99% of the people who, who have slept with him. Yeah. <laughs> what a fun mistake that was. Fun mistake. I, you know. But, I, yeah, I mean, there are times where Jax is, like, legit hot to me. <gasps> and I was like, mm. Okay, what's that about? But also, but you know, I like those corny guys. I love the Channing Tatum's. So, so yeah. So that seemed very easy for me. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna marry the situation, and it's because I know how Italians live, and it would be very easy for me to assimilate into that marriage. Okay, like I know Italians. There you go. That's that means I'm killing Simon, and we know why. It's because he's got that mouth. <laughs> He's too critical. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that mouth. All right. I mean, I love those answers. I'm always disturbed by anyone who has anything (laughs) positive to say about Jax Taylor. Truly, truly. But I get it. I get it. He has on occasion won me over. Mm. I am going to... I'm going to fuck Simon Cowell. (laughs) Why did I think that that was going to happen? Why I mean, he's I British. Think? That's exactly. right up my alley. <laughs> I think he'd be mean in maybe the right ways. But what or, do you think of him now, though? Like, I mean, like in his prime. Oh, he's not attractive at all. I'm not <laughs> at all fucking that situation because I'm like attracted to it. Sure, sure. But just like given the parameters of the list, sure. like, yeah, I'll fuck the guy with the British accent who's. A little weird. I mean, he looks like a Muppet now. Like Janet's from the Muppets. Truly. So I cannot claim any attraction to that. Um, but I could deal with his with that mouth for a night. <laughs> sure. And I would, I think, get immense glee from kicking him out of my house. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It'd be a really good goodbye for you. I'm... I'm going to marry the situation. Now, listen, I've never watched a single fucking episode of Jersey Shore, Mm. but I know that dude. I grew up with that dude. New Jersey is 10 minutes down the road. I know that motherfucking dude, and I know how to make that marriage work. Mm -hmm. And my ex was Italian. Yeah. I know that family situation. I know how to make a mean wedding soup. I'd get the whole seven course fucking meal on Christmas day. Like I know how to work that shit. Yeah. So I'm going to marry the situation simply because you have to kill Jax Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) For me, there is no other option but to kill Jax Taylor. You don't find Jax attractive in any way. Not even a little bit. I feel like he is. He's, you know, remember that Men in Black when Vincent D'Onofrio put on the man suit? Uh Uh-huh. And then inside he was all crawling with bugs and shit. I feel like that is Jax Taylor, except his whole body is fueled by chlamydia and steroids. (laughs) Is there, okay, is there, let me try to guess this. If If we're talking main cast members of Vanderpump, I feel like if you were to have like one night with one of them, I would say, is it James? Probably James. Yeah, because I was like British. Again, British. <laughs> British. Yeah. Well, also the least, I mean, problematic to this to his fucking core. Sure. But of of the options, the Toms or Jacks, mm. I'm I'm I'll go James. Cause when he's yeah. super drunk, he gets really maudlin mm. and sad. Yeah. And he cries. And I feel like I could do something with that. A lot of, <laughs> I make a lot of dudes cry inadvertently. Yeah. That is a big part of my dating life that I have not revealed. But like every guy I've even thought I was interested in 
the first time we've hung out has burst into tears about a story or something. Wow. Maybe that's actually kind of sweet. Yeah. I bring it out of people. So I bring James down a notch, I think, with my presence. Yeah. And I'm sure I'd have him crying in no time and I can work with that. But good Lord, that whole that whole cast is unfuckable to me. I, I know too much. I know too much. All right, Aaron, thanks for ruining our goddamn lives. Yeah. I This next one is so fun. This is such a fun question. I cannot wait to answer it. So this next email is from Suzanne. She, her pronouns. The title of the email is called Accents. Hi, Millie and Danielle. Longtime listener, first time writer. Your recent episode that covered men who were hot only with long hair got me thinking, which movies do you think were ruined by a bad accent? For example, Kevin Costner's lack of a British accent in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is a well-known and well-mocked feature where we ignore his accent in favor of the somewhat okay plot. A more recent example is the show The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, which is set in Australia and features a Sigourney Weaver who cannot stick to an Australian accent. What else comes to mind? Love the show, Suzanne. Oh, Suzanne, this is wonderful. I know you have a, this is like a special niche favorite (laughs) thing of yours. So I'm only going to hop in here and say, I think Julia Roberts cannot do a Southern accent to save her life. Even though she's from Georgia, right? Yeah. But she can't do it. It's true. She can't do it. That's true. But I know you have tons. You have to have tons. Okay, so the the first one, literally the first one I thought of, is Quentin Tarantino's terrible, and I mean terrible, Australian accent in Django Unchained. (laughs) I, it is symbolic of exactly what's wrong in Hollywood, which is that a director-writer stars in his own movie or or puts himself in his own movie and then dares to try a foreign accent. (laughs) To disastrous results. I mean, it is so bad that I was like, I'm out of it. Like, I can't, now I can't get back (laughs) into the movie the like digesis of the movie because this accent is so bad. <laughs> You're like, it took me out of the realm. Yeah. Oh, it was. I and mean, because he's got so much, he's got enough hubris to put himself in the movie, but not enough intelligence to take himself out after seeing how bad it was. Yeah. And I feel like this was the era where he was kind of obsessed with Australian movies and, he just maybe he just was in this moment where he was like, I'm all things Australia. It's on my brain. Now I'm just gonna try the accent for a major motion picture that I'm making. It's like, no, dude, take a step back. Don't let the passions bleed into one another. Just like what and also we're in like Mississippi in like the 18th. Why? Anyway, it was baffling I know. to me. We're um, constantly dragged through that man's obsessions, like destiny turns on the radio and like, okay, you love the 50s. I get it. We already saw that in Pulp Fiction. Move on. Oh, my God. You um, love Australia. We get it. Move on. The The other two that I have on my list, I've already spoken about on episodes of this podcast. Um, the second one is Tom Cruise in Far and Away, that Irish accent. Remember we talked about that on that episode? <laughs> Do I? I? Like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, that was that was not good. And then the the other one and the last one is I mean it's it's I got to be honest, it's not so much the accent itself; it's just the way that it's executed. But so, but it's a whole package thing. It's the fucking Orson Welles character and the long hot summer. Not thing. I just could not deal with that. And it's it's so distracting. And I talk about that on the episode. It's so distracting that you're like, I don't even know if I can watch this film. Absolutely. It's so it's so offensive and shocking when someone is so bad at an accent that it changes your mind about the film as you're watching it. Yeah. It's that's I think that was kind of the 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 metrics for the email was just sort of like, yeah, what is like an accent that's just so bad you can't 
continue or you just get taken out of the film. And I mean, I got to say with that one, like, there's so many bad Southern accents. I mean, there's just so many bad Southern accents. Um, To the point where I don't know if Hollywood necessarily knows that that there are so many because people keep trying it. (laughs) Like, I'm just like... Certainly somebody has come in and said, y'all, okay, I know we're setting this in Alabama, but <laughs> let's get y'all situated with a voice coach. But no, it just keeps happening. I mean, it's just so many. Also, I, I wonder if the solution is get two voice coaches. Yeah. Like just get as many people as needed to fix this. Just create yeah. the budget to make that. It's very, very important. So make the budget match the need. Yeah. And like, trust me, there are people that I know in the South who would love to be employed being a, a voice coach for, for training actors to do Southern accents. And it, and they're all also totally different. I mean, like a Texas accent Absolutely. is different from like a South Carolinian accent. And, and there's also like, I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other day because of, um, you know, Rosalind Carter mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the Carters have a very old style way of speaking that most Southern people don't really talk like anymore. But that right. seems to be that their, their Southern accent seems to be like the go-to accent for all Southern people in movies. I just like really old school Southern draw where I'm like, yeah, most people in the South don't even talk like that anymore. So. I know. I'm like, these, it, it just watch a video on world star to get an idea of a current Southern accent. If you don't know. A hundred percent. Yep. Like the internet is there for you. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, great question. I also think that uh, while Con Air is a fucking fantastic movie, Nicolas Cage's accent is absurd in that movie. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sending it in. Um, Oh, this shit. Our next email is from Mark in Boulder, Colorado. And the subject is FMK wins People's Choice Award for Excellence in Podcasting. Thanks, Mark. Hello, Danielle and Millie. You rock. I'm a day one listener. You had me at Coco Beware in episode one. Now I'm going to pause here and say, I know I talk about Coco Beware a lot. I did not realize I've been mentioning Coco Beware since episode one. <laughs> we got to go back and listen to that because I, I didn't realize that either. That is wild for me to find out <laughs> because, again, I know I mentioned the man a lot, maybe too much. Did not realize it was from episode one. Uh-huh. Ugh, but Mark. <laughs> in that spirit, I humbly present FMK Wrestling Edition. Mm. This is so fucking easy for me. Same. I cannot wait. We have Hacksaw Jim Dugan, Nature Boy Ric Flair, and Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Oh, my God. And I'm going to go first because it's so fucking easy. Yeah. I'm going to fuck Ric Flair. And if you're an 80s wrestling aficionado, you don't even need to ask why. I'm going to marry Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Mm. Absolute weirdo. Totally fun. That would be an interesting goddamn marriage. I think he's Uh probably a sweetheart at his core. Mm -hmm. I think that he is... I, I got to take that board away. I can't have him hitting himself in the head with a board all the time just to like entertain <laughs> the neighborhood kids. But I think that'd be a lot of fucking fun. And I have to kill Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. And I think it'd be super easy. I think you just give him a plate of fresh vegetables and he's out for the count. <laughs> so easy. So easy. Well, shit. I mean, yeah, this one's really easy for me too. I just have a slight variation. First of all, <laughs> I, I I think the difference between the North and the South comes across in the way we say Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, Duggan and Duggan. That's how I've said Duggan. Do you say I'm, Duggan? Right? I'm just going by the way that Gene pronounced it as an yeah. announcer. Mean Gene always said Duggan, yeah. but he could have been wrong throughout all of the 80s because he's probably but from see, the North. I think it's a tomato-tomato thing. Like, I, I gotcha. don't think we're either of us are wrong. Uh, but I feel like, you know, the Northerner you says Dugan, right? And I mm-hmm. said Duggan. Duggan. But by the way, you know, Mean Gene had a hamburger restaurant uh, <gasps> about an hour and a half away from where I'm sitting right now for a long time. What the fuck? I know. What was it? Um, was it called Mean Gene's Burger Machine? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
was called like Mean Jeans Burgers or something like that. And, <laughs> no, um, it wasn't. <laughs> wait, what? Well, like, I want to look that up. Actually, it's called Mean Jeans something. Also, yeah, Mean Jeans Burgers. Um, no, not for nothing. Related to that is that Abdullah the Butcher had a ribs place, maybe still has one, that I've actually been to, and it's delicious. Or you know it was I delicious. I don't know if it's still around. So I a love lot of wrestler 80s. restaurants in Georgia, by the way. But I love it. I love an 80s wrestler who stays in their lane. They're like, my name is the butcher. I'm opening a fucking rib joint. My name is yeah. the junkyard dog. I am now an animal control operator. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he is, but like they stay in their fucking lane. I'm Hacksaw Jim Dugan. I now sell things at Lowe's. Like I own <laughs> a Lowe's franchise. Like, oh, they absolutely. stayed in their fucking lane. I think Ric Flair's a botanist. I mean, we could really go on. <laughs> um, Jake the Snake. <laughs> Obviously. A snake handler for some weird church in the woods. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I gotta say, this is easy. A slight variation. Number one, I am definitely fucking Hacksaw. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you Google 80s pictures of him, he's just my type. Like he looks like a biker in a you know biker villain in an eighties action film. He looks so fun. To oh, hang good. <laughs> and just like just like a th- like a thick bearded man. I love that. My type. Um, definitely marrying Ric Flair. Okay. Uh, that is long term relationship. In a nutshell. <laughs> It's just like a fucking dude that just makes me laugh. Has a little bit of style, a little pomp, you know? Like you just said, you like yeah. a little style. Yeah. Just, you know, like, he just seems like a good time dude. And I, I I want that every day. I want to experience that every day. And then we're killing Mickey Rourke. And really, honestly, it's because there there is a scene from The Wrestler that, to me, has... Like, do you remember the scene in The Wrestler, where he is, him and Marissa Tomei are in the bar, and she's kind of doing, like, a strip tease for him, and they're just sitting there talking about how rad it was to, like, live through the late 80s, where, like, all of their hair metal bands were, like, top of the charts. Like, all that stuff. (laughs) And I was just like, I feel like we know people like this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sad. And we should just put them out of their misery. And Much like the I situation, feel. I know that dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that dude, and he's shooting steroids directly into his dick before going to work and chopping off his finger at a goddamn deli. Yeah. Like, that dude is, is it's a bleak situation. Yeah, and I feel like they're, like, I don't know if I... <laughs> I'm not going to explain why I think this, but I feel like they're all QAnon adjacent now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like saying. No explanation necessary. I watched, <laughs> you know, I watched that, uh, that documentary about Mother God. Oh, me too. And I was like, yo, the lines are too blurry between spiritual hippie type to QAnon maniacs. To, oh, yeah. I'm going to pound colloidal silver and drink alcohol and be surprised when I die. And I'm blue when I die. Oh, it's like, I want to say I actually read an article about it. Like, maybe like around the time that the insurrection happened. Like, about this like weird hippie spiritualist meets like almost kind of like a white supremacy thing. Like, it's like the worlds are closer than we ever thought. And you're just like, wow. That's like, wild to me. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, you don't have to explain why you think Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler would be QAnon adjacent. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, so this we have is one the, more. The last one, right? One more. Okay, so this is the last one. It is an email from Ava. She, her pronouns. She's from Los Angeles, California. 
Uh, the name of her email is Unhinged Psychopaths, a very Lynchian FMK. Hello, Millie and Danielle. When I listen to y'all, it's like, listen, old friends, I'm 41 and can relate hard when it comes to all of your pop culture references. I know this is late. Been in my notes for a minute, copywriting. It's not my forte, I'm sorry. But I loved your episode on one of my favorite, all the way up kings, Willem Dafoe. And on that note, welcome to a seriously unhinged Fuck, Mary Kill, David Lynch edition. Sorry, XO, Ava. You ready to do this? Oh, I'm ready. Me too, actually. Um, This one's hard and evil, uh, <laughs> but we're going to try it. So the FMK for this email... David Lynch edition. Fuck, Mary kill Frank Booth from Blue Velvet, Bobby Peru from Wild at Heart, and Leland Palmer slash Killer Bob from Firewalk With Me. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that show or those movies. <laughs> You're up. You got to go first. Okay. This is a hard one because these are all fucking insane people. I know. So I'm going to base my other two answers on the kill. Okay. And I got to kill Frank Booth. Mm. I got to kill Leland. Yeah. But here's the thing that's hard for me. The guy who plays Bob is kind of cute. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Sorry. Bob is cute when he's not being a total bed creep. XOXO. Yeah, okay. He's not like slinking out from behind a fucking dresser. He's kind of cute. Yeah, that. Okay. Thank you for opening that up a bit because now now I feel relieved in a weird way. (laughs) I feel relieved. (laughs) I got it. Maybe that's the only way to choose in this round is by looks because they're all equally fucking insane and demented. Yeah. So if I'm going by looks, then. Maybe I'm marrying or fucking Leland Puff. This is so fucking twisted. I don't even know if I can answer this. Oh my gosh. All right. First, I'm going by looks alone because they're all crazy. Do not judge me. I'm fucking Leland. I'm killing Bobby. I'm marrying Frank Booth. This is the worst FMK round of my life. (laughs) Like, I feel disgusting. Ava ruined our lives just now. (laughs) Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. Like, I can't even be like, yeah, fuck the Grinch or whatever. This is like patently all three terrible, (laughs) like... (laughs) I have to to go on looks alone. Because if you consider the personality, you are in therapy forever. Yeah. Okay. Is it my turn now? Oh, yeah. God. I have, oh, okay. trust me. I have nothing else to say. I can't believe I've said what I've already said. I, I have my hands over my eyes. As I'm saying <laughs> this. Okay. I am going to fuck Bob. Killer Bob. <laughs> and, uh, and only, only this being as Bob and not Leland. Does that yes. make sense? Um, the disassociated <laughs> version yeah. of Leland. I can Im- I can only imagine it's like being super high on ayahuasca for like a 12-hour <laughs> period and then you just go back to your normal life. That's kind of how I feel about having sex with Bob. Like it's an out-of-body experience, but at least it has an end. It has an yeah. end. At a it has point, it right? has to have an end. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to marry Bobby Peru. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to marry Bobby. Just married, you guys. Just married. Me and Bobby. What? I'm never, I'm never getting over this round. I'm never getting over this. I don't even know if I want to hear your reasoning, but I know I have to hear your reasoning or else I will not be able to sleep. Why are you marrying Bobby Peru? Um, <laughs> uh, ex-Marine. I don't know. I feel like 
I have a ah! little bit of experience with military life. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know that why. Is the smallest part of that dude's be entire person. <laughs> you are latching on to a fucking wish with that one. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't. I really can't either. I mean, I just imagine we would, we would be like the couple from Urban Cowboy. We would live in a trailer. (laughs) I would like goad him to like go to the dentist and fucking figure out his teeth. And he'd be like, nah, I like my teeth. (laughs) And I'd be like, you're driving me crazy, Bobby. You know, you drive me crazy. And then he'd go like bowl for a while and maybe commit an armed robbery. Like, and then he'd know, come we back would just have, and like, that kind of relationship. He I would, suppose. like, whisper at you with those teeth all close to your face, being like, don't you fucking hire <laughs> my snakeskin jacket again. <laughs> but then he would come back with have, like, a real funny sense of humor. So I'd be like, I don't know. I am, I am standing up at this wedding and protesting <laughs> so loud. I will never hold my peace. When they say speak now or forever hold your, I will be talking. I'll be fucking filibustering this wedding. He's like the human Beetlejuice. I'd be like married <laughs> to the human Beetlejuice. <laughs> Which, you know, could be amusing. I don't know. Could be amusing in our later years. Oh, but I this think is it's honestly first... because I just do not want to be involved with Frank Booth in any way, shape, or form. I like do. I know. I'm just like. I know. That's. It's hard. No, he's like. You know, he's violent and he he's he's not risk averse like we are. He would, you know, want to drive cars really fast and he just sucks. I don't I don't find Frank Booth attractive in any way, shape or form. So he wouldn't even be good for a night. So that's kind of how it how I figured this out. Oh, I feel I mean, my marriage to Frank Booth will be hopefully short lived, which is why I will (laughs) marry him, because I think he will (laughs) die or be murdered. (laughs) <laughs> Almost instantaneously, possibly at the ceremony. So far in the, on this podcast, you have ironed out the best marriages for you are ones who are either never home or on the way to death. Yeah. <laughs> Says a lot. And yet, even knowing that about me, this is the first time that your answers are going to send me to therapy. <laughs> Usually it's our own answers that send us screaming to our therapist. This is a first where I'll be like, yo, I heard some shit today. (laughs) Yeah, the girl that I host a podcast with admitted she'd want to marry Bobby Peru if pressed. (laughs) Also, I love that to my therapist, you're just a girl I host a podcast (laughs) with. (laughs) Not a lifelong friend. (laughs) This weirdo that I talk to sometimes says she'd marry Bobby Peru. I don't know if I can carry on with this. Oh my goodness. I love that. Give her my phone number. (laughs) I love that we were worried that we wouldn't have enough material or answers for this episode. And now I think we've gone like so long because these FMKs are insanity. These were truly insane. What a way to end the goddamn year. I know. Whew, y'all put us through it. Ava, that is unforgivable, but that was a delight. Somehow worse than the um, Doctor Strange Love Doctor Moreau one. I mean that that's that was just so difficult. But listen, we love the we love the challenge. Thank you for everybody for sending in FMKs and um, and voicemails and and emails. We just love it. And yeah, we uh, we can't wait to get more in the new year. Um, but if you want to email us for any reason, we are at I saw what you did pot at gmail.com. We also have a P.O. box if you want to send us handwritten letters. And remember, your goal for 2024 is to keep it tight. Keep it tight. You can also find us on our link tree and our social media. Uh, if you want to follow us at I Saw Pod on Instagram, Blue Sky, or Twitter. Uh, and you can also now leave us a voicemail to play on the show. Tight 60 seconds. And please record in a quiet space. All you have to do is Record a voice memo on your phone and then email it to us at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. That's right. And 
I think we might have just a few more of our Give Us the B of the D t-shirt and crew neck sweatshirt, um, which you can find at exactlyrightstore.com. And you're listening to a bonus episode right now, so you already know that they drop on the main feed every third Thursday of the month. If we if we recover from this one, we'll have another one for you in the new year. <laughs> but it will take me a full fucking month to recover from this one. Yeah, good thing the holidays are here so I could stop thinking about Dr. Moreau being married to Brando and Dr. Moreau. Oh my God. I mean, fucking Bob from Twin Peaks is (laughs) truly, no one needs to hear me say anything for the rest of my life. (laughs) As always, Danielle, such a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. Nobody makes me laugh more than you. Truly the best. The best. Happy holidays! Happy New Year, y'all. This has been an Exactly Right production, produced by Casey O'Brien. Episode mixing and theme music by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.